Hello, and welcome to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. A um, little bit about what this podcast is about, uh, for those of you that are new to the show. The idea of a soul of business uh, is kind of sparked by the idea that the Greeks had around what a soul is. It's that ennobling, that enlivening, that, that, that aspect of anything that actually gives it life, gives it presence. And when we're connected to that, not only is aliveness allowed to flourish, but also creativity, innovation. It also speaks in large part to what nature actually teaches us, which is that everything is connected. Not just abstractly connected, it is fundamentally connected. And in my experience, um, Business is the most pervasive force on the planet. I mean, it literally, there is nothing on this planet that escapes the touch of business's activities, um, you know, in the negative and in the positive. So I can be uh, up above uh, the Arctic Circle right now, and I'm going to be experiencing some microplastics coming down in the snowfall, uh, as an example. Uh, or I can be in in the sub-Saharan Africa and actually find my economic status beginning to uplift because of business activities being fostered. So there's upsides and downsides to all of this. The key here is do we tap into that pervasive aliveness, that, that, that element that gives our mission the, the, the aliveness that it deserves and allows it to flourish. That's what this focus, that's what the focus of this uh, podcast is about. And I love this podcast because I get to talk to some fascinating people that are doing something with this idea. And that includes uh, a very special guest today uh, who I'm absolutely thrilled to have joining us. Uh, Trisha Ben, uh, I've known Trisha for a couple of years now. Uh, met her, I think, about almost four years ago um, when I got involved with an organization that she is part of and she actually helped to found. Uh, in one of my earlier episodes, uh, I interviewed uh, the, uh, the founder of that organization, uh, Jeffrey Hazlett, and Tricia actually makes the organization run, in my humble opinion. <laughs> and so I'm very, very flattered and honored to have her joining us. So let me give you a little bit of a background on Tricia, and then we'll just kind of jump into uh, the body of uh, this particular podcast interview. Um, Tricia is an executive VP of uh, the C-Suite Networks, and she's the general manager of the Hero Club. And this is something that I want to talk specifically with her about. It's an invitation-only membership organization for CEOs, founders, and investors, and it's a part of the C-Suite Networks. Um, as an executive within both of those organizations, her mission is to build a platform and community that accelerates the success of C-level executives. She's a leader in creating an executive community and collaboration based on integrity, transparency, and measuring success beyond the numbers alone, which is how we define the hero factor. Um, she's got over a 20-year record of industry disruption in building new businesses, revenue streams, and delivering double-digit and more year-over-year -year growth. Um, she has served as a senior executive for three enterprise-level organizations in market research, telecommunications, media marketing, and advertising. And as the Global Chief Marketing and Strategy Officer and U.S. Managing Director within MDC Partners, which was a $3 billion, with a B, dollar global holding company, she drove double-digit growth year over year and new con uh, had new contracts with some of the most important impact players in the, war, uh, in 
So she's, and I can continue to go on and on and on about this. Uh, I mean, we'll, and we'll find out more about her as we start talking. So I want to just, you know, with a heartfelt welcome here, say hi, Tricia Ben. Thanks. Hi, Blaine. Blaine, it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for uh, for spending this time with me. Well, thank you for making the time, you know, obviously. I mean, out of your busy schedule, we were talking GM just prior to beginning the recording here. Yeah, you've got over 150 you know, speaking engagements that you're a part of uh, every year. So half your time is spent literally on the road, you know, in, in service of... More than half. More than half, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in yeah. service of this thing that we're calling the hero factor. So um, as I do with just about every guest, well, not just about every guest, uh, actually, that comes on the show, I start off with just asking, you know, simply, you know, the soul of business. What does a business with soul mean to you? What does the soul of business kind of evoke, you know, bring up in your mind? Uh, to me, uh, to me, the soul of business is everything that creates meaning in what we do. It's, it's how we deliver on creating something that, um, that not only does good in and of itself in its existence, but also leaves that legacy. Um, and obviously legacy incorporates so many things that are so critically important as we look to how we support our whole globe <laughs> in the future generations and what we're, what, what we're handing down. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, part of what I hear there is, is the interdependence of all, you know, all, all, all stakeholders. Yeah. And, and you know, mm -hmm. just the ones that are financially you know, involved in the organization, but stakeholders, meaning people outside of the actual Absolutely. activities. Yeah. Absolutely. In, in the Hero Club, and, and I'm so honored and proud to have you as part of the Hero Club, Blaine. Um, truly, all we do is look for great leaders everywhere we go. I am on the road more than 40 weeks a year, so uh, at least some part of more than 40 weeks a year, um, just looking for great leaders that share that, that mission and that passion that it's not just about numbers. It's really about the impact we can have, and that affects everything in our world. So um, our communities, our economy, our, um, and our democracies, ultimately. And, and uh, I, I loved what you said about business being the most pervasive force there is. Um, it was early in my career, my, my degrees are actually in sociology and anthropology. I had no idea that I would love business so passionately. I love business models. I, I, I love uh, creating growth organizations and supporting that and the teams that, that support that scaling as you go along, uh, it, it, it's uh, become a, an incredible passion for me. I had no idea that would be the case until I discovered, my goodness, when you're in an enterprise-sized organization and you take a cost center and you make it into a revenue-generating center while the recession's happening, my goodness, do you get phenomenal ability and opportunity to make a difference in people's lives. And that starts with your team culture and then everybody that your team touches and, and, and so on. You know, it continues on from there. Um, so the good that can happen out of business was what really drove me to, um, to understand that if I could create a profitable um, model, a profitable business model around something that could be uh, providing meaning and purpose and doing good, uh, oh my goodness, that's when you can't stop the, the wheels, you know, from being in motion. So um, it, it truly, it, it kind of comes full circle for me uh, in leading the Hero Club where we've grown tenfold over the last year and a half 
and and it's really just uniting uh, those of us that understand that and are equally passionate about how we affect the world in all the different ways and we do in the different communities we serve and so on. You know, uh, there's two questions that I you know, that are brought up as you were speaking here. Um, and, you know, so I'm going to table the one right now, which is a little bit of a conversation around the Hero Club. I specifically want to get into that, but you know, something that you said just a moment ago. Um, Turning a, a, a cost center into a revenue center, yeah, and the difference that made in you know, made in people's lives. I've got to assume that there were some hard choices that had to be made in order to make that happen, and that mm -hmm. as a consequence of being willing to step into that arena, you found yourself growing as an individual and as a leader. So, it uh, it, it was a phenomenal growth opportunity okay. and very challenging at times yes okay. so yeah and that's i i gave a talk uh, in japan not too long ago um that was titled business as a spiritual discipline and the idea was that if i as a leader as i i as a business owner but also i as a consumer approach business as a spiritual discipline what i end up having access to is a mechanism that allows me to grow as a human being in a much uh, in a much different way than I would if I was to go take a personal development program you know just in and of itself business provides for me anyway the ultimate dojo the ultimate arena to grow as a, as a human being and I, and, I, and that growth is, is linked to my soul my, my spirit you know all of that sort of thing so just very briefly, if you could, could you touch on a couple of the, the challenges that you faced and, and the, uh, the growth that you experienced through that process of moving from cost center to profit center <laughs> or revenue generator? Yeah, I, you know, I, know this is a left I, I often joke that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many, um, there were so many amazing things that came through that. And I think for me, um, I am 48 and I came up in a very male dominated um, industry. And so I already stood out. I was already, you know, different, um, but I also thought very differently. And, and you know, it's really been um, a fascinating pr uh, process where I understood there were things that I wasn't so good at, but there were things I was really great at. And, and then all around me, there were people that were really great at things that I wasn't so great at and and we we really um you know we really could marry those pieces together and and that appreciation of that diversity has something that is something that um through that very early experience in my career before i was an executive um really fed through i'd say um nearly all of my success um and 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 really it's an ethos of truly appreciating the strengths that each person brings to the team. And, and so, you know, right from the very beginning, um, I started off in a space where I knew that um, if I didn't have support to ensure that I was getting things right and, and I didn't invest in others that were coming up yep. uh, through the ranks, that I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to um, deliver as successfully, as quickly, and, and, and create, you know, new business. <laughs> Um, and, and that wasn't the model I was brought into. The model was very much, you know, this doggy dog, um, I win, you lose and on your own team, you know, and which didn't make 
any sense to me. Um, and ironically, the very first person I extended that olive branch to and brought along, um, not only did he come with me through a number of the organizations that I led um, and helped me build that very disruptive uh, group where we changed the cost center into a revenue generating center, he's one of my very best friends <laughs> to this day. Um, and, uh, you know, my children call him uncle. Um, you know, it, those, those kinds of lessons where you, where you do extend that olive branch, uh, you know, went through stages of vulnerability. Uh, you know, I, I, I learned vulnerability because I wanted to be able to bring other people with me. And if I didn't expose myself in terms of, you know, these are things I believe in. These are things that are really important, uh, you know, uh, and, and you have me, I, ha I have your back and I appreciate you have mine. And, you know, all those kinds of things that you work through that become those values that just play out and being able to do those, those crazy disruptive things. So in a $20 billion company, um, when you take a traditional cost center and make it a revenue generating center, the interesting thing is inside my organization, the challenges were very practical. So I worked with my uh, chief financial leader uh, to be able to figure out exactly how do we get this so that the sales team is incented to do the right thing, to add this in as not just like a value add giveaway, but uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollar investments um, you know, out of something that we had as a, as a, as a resource that nobody was monetizing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, very practical decisions like that. Um, and, and really coming from that perspective of how do we help? How do we create solutions? How do we, um, have uh, that kind of trust and relationship building that allows us to be there for our clients, um, yeah. that they're coming to us for help, you know? Um, the ironic thing was the, the, the more challenging uh, piece was trying to communicate the value of all of this and these learnings outside. So I sat on the National Association for my industry. Um, I wasn't so popular. I took um, millions of dollars spend, absorbed that, and then become a competitor. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there were various ways I was investing back in my industry, obviously, but, but that wasn't a very popular thing to do. <laughs> 20, 20 years ago, yeah. um, and obviously is absolutely the way the future of data has gone. And if you look today, that I mean, you you sound ridiculous not to say that you would do that. Um, but but then that day it was it was fairly challenging. So lately, I've been introducing myself as uh, I am Canadian and I'm a disruptor. Um, so I'm basically the nicest disruptor you're going to, <laughs> going to be. Hey, you know, Canadian disruptor, um, you gotta love. It's just <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and the thing is, at the end of the day, if you if there's a disruption, there are challenges. That means there's opportunity for new solutions Absolutely. and and really creating a mission that people can you know arm around and learn and grow and know how critically important they are to delivering on that mission. And yep. and that truly creates the 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 grit and the commitment and the trust that brings us back to the soul of your business and what is that mission and how do you bring others along in it and bring out the best in each of them to to achieve that mission oh that's great yeah a couple of things that i heard there one is yeah you, know, you you literally described the behavioral traits of leadership that i speak about you know uh in terms of co-creating coordinated movement and that co-creation um is is uh fostered out of vulnerability yeah, we, we can't connect unless we're vulnerable. We, you know, we, we literally connect through vulnerability. And in my experience, we disconnect with certainty. 
So your willingness to show up and be vulnerable going, I need help here, uh, allows for people to step into and step up to, you know, what you're in, you know, you're trying, trying to make happen. And then, you know, and I think for, for, yeah, I think for women executives, that can be particularly challenging because for women, it can be t interpreted as weakness yes. or a lack of knowledge. And, and um, so I'm, I always try to over communicate and really focus on the culture and appreciating the strengths of everybody on a diverse team. Um, because, because that helps people to understand and know that they can be vulnerable, understand that they can share in, in an environment where we will play to strengths. I don't care about, know what your weaknesses are. Okay, that's great. But I do not want to fix them. I haven't got time for that. Um, I, I want to play to those strengths. So, so really kind of over communicating. I'm asking you these questions because you are the expert in this. This is, this is where you're living, you're leading. And, and so I'm asking these questions. I could just say, do this based on my experience, or I can say, Hey, what do you think? And you take that away. And, and oh my goodness, if they are, if they're truly empowered to own that space, um, our, our, uh, our Hero Club team just did this yesterday, Blaine, where they'd had a couple of touch-ins with me. And yesterday in my operations meeting, they presented a whole curriculum that I couldn't be more thrilled with, but proud, <laughs> you know, in terms of they, they've just stepped into completely owning something that's incredible. That even if I had all the expertise that the different people that contributed to that plan had, I wouldn't have the time, you know, even if I did, which I don't, it's not, you know, there's parts of that that are not my strength. We'd be waiting forever. Yeah. Um, and so you have some breakthrough moments that are just, um, you know, it feels like uh, the angels are singing. I don't know. And you know, you're catapulting that, forward. When, when the soul comes into play, the, the angels do sing metaphorically here. You know, yeah. one of the things that uh, is uh, obvious to me anyway just in my association with, with you and Jeffrey and, and the whole C-Suite Network uh, family uh, is, and this is specifically where I want to transition into you having an opportunity to talk about the Hero Club. We build great companies by building great people. I mean, just that notion. Um, and rather than focusing on building a great company, I want to have my focus be on building great people. And the point that you made about, I, I don't have time to, to you know, backfill your weaknesses. I want to leverage your strengths because, number one, that's, that's what you love to be doing. So why would we not want to leverage those strengths? So where can we find ways for you to, to actually participate more fully with those strengths? So when you took the helm of the Hero Club, um, yeah, I'm assuming that was an invitation that Jeffrey offered and said, you know, or what? Yes, well, it's interesting. So I was already with C-Suite Network. Yeah. Um, and when, when uh, he was just captivated with the whole mission, and the next thing we knew, he literally tapped Jeffrey on the shoulder as not only a hero leader, but with everything we were building in C-Suite Network, having the ability to create a true movement out of it, not just, you know, a small kind of mastermind, but, but truly a, a movement of bringing like-minded CEOs together and making, you know, that impact um, bigger and faster. <laughs> um, and so and increase this year, right? as I understand, Oh, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things where as soon as, uh, and I was in conversation in terms of how will we partner, you know, and the next thing I know, Jeffrey came back owning it for a dollar. Um, and, and so then it was, how do we move forward? And I, I, I really couldn't wait to be part of this mission and, and, 
um, build in this. It it is something that I think is so critically important, and um, it's not a marketing scheme. You know, in the early days, I'd think, oh, I'm not a 22-year-old reading a script. You know, I'm telling you, this truly is different. You can take your armor down here. You can have real conversations. Uh, there's the support of understanding what real scaling CEOs, founders, investors are going through, um, and that is a very challenging, lonely space. And so, you know, to really wrap around and create a community um, that's aligned on our values. And so, so Jeffrey did two things. He hired me to lead the Hero Club, uh, you know, or, or brought me on board to lead the Hero Club. Um, I was the first woman above a coordinator level in the organization. So that, that's a major shift. Um, he, and, and we've gone, by the way, from having one female in the membership when we bought it to now having uh, about 30%. And our diversity is tremendous and has become, as you know, Blaine, just a tremendous strength um, where we actually have the interactivity and respect and appreciation of all of that um, diversity in our membership from thinking through to everything on a personal level and uh, from a business perspective, um, industry sectors location i mean literally stages of business you name it um so uh yeah it's it's um it's really uh the heart and soul of the the pledge and so that's the second part jeffrey wrote the pledge um if we were going to lead a hero organization we should be very clear about what we were talking about i always thumbnail it to and you can go to the website for the full version it's heroceoclub.com but, um, but the short version is lead with integrity, transparency, give back to your communities and share in your success. And, um, and there's just a, there's a cultural piece. And we didn't really talk about culture too much, but that's a huge part of ensuring the soul is supported in your business. Um, and, um, and so, um, you know, Jeffrey's leadership and being very clear that, you know, we'd have this leadership, we'd, we'd um, have this pledge and that was the, the marker and the measure of what a real hero leader would be, uh, was just absolutely phenomenal and set us out on this trajectory to, to really create something um, um, that's so uh, incredibly valuable and important. Right. Um, you know, because people lose track, I think, of, of what it all means. And, and that's the worst. Uh, when you're alone as a CEO and you lose track of why it all, like where it all connects and has meaning, um, and then everyone around you that you would try to maybe speak to is immediately impacted by anything you say. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it, it really makes an enormous difference. And that's become my, uh, my hashtag. Uh, you know, it matters. Um, it matters. Yeah. You know, it really does. Yeah. yeah. It does matter. Um, you know, the CEO roundtable, we, we touched on that briefly. You know, the, the move away from the, the Friedman ethos of the purpose of business is to make a profit towards something that is, you know, literally uh, exemplified by the hero pledge uh, is one thing. But, then, you know, this is some of the largest corporations on the planet. The proof will be in the pudding, uh, in one sense, was in terms of whether they can right. actually, yeah, do what they, they are, are talking about. What, what I'm encouraged, though, about is there are so many organizations on the planet today that are actually doing this. And this is why I was so enamored with and, and taken by the, not only the C-suite network, but specifically the invitation to participate with Hero Club. These are CEOs, mm -hmm. they're, these are influences that are making a difference in the business world, but they are doing it, and they had been doing it, kind of an un unrecognized from a public 
persona perspective. And now there's a forum here for, as a, I mean, as a CEO myself, yeah, I'm not in this mm-hmm. alone. I mean, I, I yeah, right. you made a reference, you know, 20 years ago, you were, you know, kind of barking up, a, 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 you know, rolling a big rock up a big yep. hill, uh, trying to do things a little yeah. bit differently than the traditional business model said you should be doing. I see a lot of people doing this today. And you know, doing this meaning doing things right. You know, taking taking the idea of you know we we do make a difference, and how we conduct our business makes a difference. So the uh, the idea here is that I mean there is a place where this is actually being you know, not only recognized but it's also being codified. Yeah, you know, the the pledge yeah. is deal. Yeah, uh, it really is. It's yeah, so, kind of like me taking a stand saying, yeah. I do solemnly swear, yeah, sort of a thing. Yes, you know, you, it, it, it is critically important to put your stake in the ground. And, and Blaine, you and I were joking, that, you know, that we should have felt the earth shifting because any of us who spent any time in enterprise-sized organizations, the idea that the shareholder value wasn't the excuse for doing all kinds of horrendous things in terms of just the treatment of people, let alone, you know, anything that was either unethical or immoral or illegal, you know, that, that's, that's another whole uh, level. Um, but, um, you know, it, it is tremendous. There are uh, great people who care about this. And in terms of codifying it, not only do we have our pledge, um, Jeffrey, uh, you know, he's, he's, he was the former global CMO of Eastman Codex. So anybody that was listening to the discussion that two of you had will, will know that. Um, you know, but he, and he's written several books and so on. The last book uh, that just came out is called The Hero Factor. And that for us really completely codified what are we aiming for? So, you know, uh, the, the, the 20 years ago, you would have been accused of being naive, not understanding yeah. how business really works, little yeah. person. Pat you on the head and away you go, sing Kumbaya, um, which would have been a very <laughs> standard response. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and, and you would be excused. Um, the fact of the matter is, and any of those of us that have been practicing this for decades, we know there's nothing stronger, there's no, nothing more adaptable um, and, and um, sustainable than a business that has that soul piece in the right place and a clear alignment of their mission and their values and their people. Yeah. Um, and you mix that with great operational uh, insight, experience, and access to those who understand, you know, the challenges that CEOs face as we scale our businesses. Um, there's just no, um, there's no escaping that that creates more profitable businesses, more sustainable businesses. Um, the adaptability, I mean, we're looking at a potential recession, who knows exactly when, but let's just say next year from, mm-hmm. from what we're hearing. Um, you know, these are the businesses that get through that. My, my group, we grew 20% year over year through both years of the recession. Um, I was, in fact, Blaine, you'll be proud of me. I saved a letter from the divisional leader that said my group was the only one that met their, not only, not only met their numbers, um, but exceeded their numbers in that year. Um, and, uh, and, and I truly credit it to that, that soul piece. Everybody was in it and our clients knew we were there through that challenging time to help them deal with those problems. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's, there's so much that's important to it. And when people are really dedicated and they understand that mission and how critical they are to delivering on that, um, they won't let you down. And, and my commitment 
Yeah. My commitment has always been, I will lead to grow fast enough that I don't have to lose you. Now, should I lose you? I want you to go somewhere where I will continue to cheer you on and I hope we get to work together still, (laughs) you know, but, but my goal is always to grow fast enough that those opportunities are right here. And, um, and, and when not, as I said, uh, I'll, I'll be the biggest cheerleader, um, you know, to, uh, to go on and, and do great things and hopefully still work together. But um, it's, it's, uh, it, it is truly um, an opportunity for so much more. And then, it, and then, and then great business comes, you know, and profitability, um, you know, it's just, it's just that measure, you know, yeah. yeah. Henry Ford, said uh, pro- if, if a business is only measuring profitability, it's a poor business. And, and um, I think that's, that's, you know, kind of sums it up in terms of what we're thinking about and the impact we can have and, and how we do truly lead great businesses. Yep. And I, and I love that. I mean, if, if we're not growing fast enough for who you are, you know, it's interesting. Um, if I'm not playing a game big enough for who I believe myself to be, I'm going to screw up the game I'm playing just to keep it interesting. And so, <laughs> so people, right. people want to stay engaged. I mean, they truly do. Spirit seeks engagement. Spirit seeks growth. Soul does. So yeah. the charter for a leader is to grow their people. Pay attention to the growth potential of my people. And my business will grow as a consequence. It can't not. It literally can't not. So exactly. I want to thank yeah. you for joining us. I, we, uh, we are unfortunately... You know, at the the mark here, I could keep this conversation going for a long time. I love this conversation. Um, this is uh, Trisha. So much, Blaine. Where can people find out more information? I know that the Hero Club is an invitation only uh, portion of the C Suite Networks, but how can people find out more information about what what you're up to? So uh, they can come to HeroCEOClub.com. We have all of the sort of places we're coming to visit that we'd love for you to reach out. Uh, We do have an apply button so you can put in all your information and we'll be able to follow up with you. Um, Certainly, if anyone wants to reach out to me directly, I'm uh, Trisha, T-R-I-C-I-A, period, B-E-N-N, at C-SuiteNetwork.com. Um, love uh, great conversations and incorporating, uh, you know, uh, new perspectives and new membership um, that wants to be part of this whole community and the give and the get. Um, by the way, Blaine, we're, we're introducing uh, champions into our membership so that we keep the culture and um, the understanding of what that means for the Hero Club, because my members are just like a team. They just happen to own a lot of other things. <laughs> um, but they own the culture of Hero Club. And, uh, and that's something that we're just so excited to keep scaling ourselves and, um, and ensure that that culture keeps getting fed and supported as we grow, too. Well, so that. love to hear from anyone that's here. Oh, magic. So that's HeroCEOClub.com. HeroCEOClub.com. My guest today has been uh, Trisha Ben, and this is Blaine Bartlett, uh, your host on The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. You can find out more information uh, about me by going to BlaineBartlett.com or to my uh, actual company website, Avatar, A-V-A-T-A-R hyphen resources.com. And uh, I look forward to having you join us in our next episode. Uh, but before we go, I want to again just say thank you to Tricia. It's been a wonderful conversation, and uh, I 
absolutely sure that uh, the listeners today have walked away with some very interesting insights. Thanks, Trish. Thank you so much, Blaine. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Okay, bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.